What is up, guys? And welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. I'm back after a sort of unexpected week off for the holiday break to sort of rest and recharge, if you will, and of course celebrate Christmas. I hope I hope you all listening out there had a very Merry Christmas. I know that I did. And certainly, as we look at the NFL schedule, we begin to see that it's sort of winding down. And we're really at the point in the year now where we start to see which teams begin to separate themselves and receive the present of going of punching their ticket to the NFL playoffs and which teams are left with a big old lump of coal in their stocking, if you will. Certainly the Tennessee Titans are unfortunately one of those teams that are being left with a big old lump of coal. That's a conversation that's probably best left for another time. But what I'm going to be doing today is, as we, as I said before, as we start to wind down, we begin to see the playoff picture and see which teams are beginning to separate themselves and see where exactly those teams will all be seated in the upcoming NFL playoffs and in Certain situa- in some situations, it's a little bit murkier than others because of the, just because of the number of spots that are left available in each conference in the playoffs. In the looking at the AFC, where I'm going to start off, there are, I mean, everything's basically up for grabs because there are five playoff spots that are still left for left up for grabs divided divided among 12 teams that are still in the running obviously only the top 7 teams make it to the postseason in each conference so you basically have 7 teams fighting for excuse me 12 teams fighting for 7 spots in either conference actually both the AFC and the NFC, although in the NFC, I should point out that there are only three spots left. So, one conference seems a little bit more top-heavy than the other, certainly. But let me get to breaking down the AFC playoffs, which, again, unfortunately for Titans fans... They and we, I I emphasize with Titans fans, of course, me being one of them, after all, they are not making the playoffs this year. And certainly, we can get into all of the reasons why, but again, that is something that is better left for another time for fear, mainly for me, for fear that I start crying on the 
on the live recording of this show, (laughs) thinking about how bad the Titans were. But anyway, that's a... That's a conversation that's best left for another time. Let's get back into the playoff teams that are actually still in the running in in the AFC. And after last night's game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens, there's no doubt in, in my mind that the Baltimore Ravens are apparently and seemingly beginning to separate themselves as the top team in the conference in the AFC that question is one that will de- that will not literally be answered until this coming weekend but and it would not at all surprise me if this game which I will get into a little bit more in just a minute happens to be flexed into a different time slot because of there being so much on the line in this particular matchup. But going back to my main point here, it should be no surprise to anybody that the Ravens are beginning to separate themselves as they sit atop the AFC playoff standings in the number one seed, which is, which is important mainly because there is only one bye, and this is, of course, going back to a few years ago when the NFL changed the playoff format. There is only one bye week in the NFL playoffs as opposed to the top two finishers in each particular conference. And so if the playoffs were to start today, the Baltimore Ravens would certainly get that highly prized by week. The number two team are the Miami Dolphins who eked out a win over the Dallas Cowboys this past week. And uh, the Cowboys... The Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? I'll have because uh I'll have a lot more to say about them when I get to the NFC breakdown, but the Dolphins are trying to get back onto a roll after dropping a very unexpected loss to very ironically the Tennessee Titans. A couple of weeks ago, they have now they are now trying to get back on their feet in the AFC and stay alive in the AFC East. Because while the Dolphins are the only team in that division that has clinched a playoff spot as of right now, they have not actually clinched the division title as Buffalo is still nipping on their heels in the number six spot. I guess I'll go ahead and talk about the Bills. They are currently in the number six spot with a record of nine and six. The Dolphins are currently in the number two spot at 11 and four. And so that is where the 
top two teams in the AFC are, are situated. The number three team in the in the AFC right now is oh boy. Do I have a lot to say about them? The Kansas City Chiefs are currently sitting at the number three spot in the AFC. And a lot of you may be wondering to yourselves, they're the defending AFC champs, the the defending Super Bowl champs. Why are they in the number three spot with a nine and six record after surprisingly dropping a home game to the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday. That was that was shocking when you look at the pedigree that comes with the Kansas City Chiefs, but my god my gosh, when you look at the way they've played this season, they are really not playing up to the standard that comes with being the defending Super Bowl champion. You've had receivers dropping passes all year, and there being certain distractions that have been, shall we say, that have been going on surrounding the Chiefs all year. And you may, you may, very well be inclined to say that the the uh, chiefs are in some trouble 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 as we head into the final two games of the regular season you might also say that there's probably quite a bit of bad blood that's going on in that locker room right now but what the chiefs have to remember is what the chiefs have got to remember is that as i mentioned before they are the defending afc champions the defending super bowl champions and what the end you know what what i would say to them for the, for their sake is that people like to throw rocks at things that shine a lot of times and They've got to remember that they are the Kansas City Chiefs, after all. They've got Patrick Mahomes, Patty Ice, slinging the pill. And they've just got to figure out ways to shake it off, if you will, and just keep dancing like they're 22. I mean, you know how it is. But anyway, the Chiefs currently find themselves in the number three spot at nine and six. Moving on to number four, the Jacksonville Jaguars currently have you don't I guess I shouldn't say that they have a stranglehold because they really had to fight with the Titans for the AFC South division title last year. That, of course, came down to the final game of the regular season, which I'm not going to get into detail about for obvious reasons. Didn't go too well for the Titans, I'll just say that. But the AFC South looks a little bit different this year because 
The Jaguars are currently in a log jam at the top of the AFC South with two of the really major surprises of the NFL, frankly, this year. In the Indianapolis Colts, who would currently be sitting in the number seven spot if the regular season were to end today, the Colts would be the last team out of the AFC to make the playoffs. And the Houston, you've got the Colts and you've also got the Houston Texans who are also nipping at the Colts and the Jags heels at eight and seven. And as much as it, much as it pains me to say it, uh, really both of these coaches from the Colts and and Texans, Shane Steichen with the Colts and D'Amico Ryans with the Texans, both first-year head coaches have certainly done a very good job despite dealing with the myriad of issues that they've had over the course of the season. Of course, you've got the Colts with facing the situation of Anthony Richardson going out with a season-ending injury. And as far as the Texans are concerned, C.J. Stroud has been dealing with a concussion over the last couple of weeks. I would say I've not seen an injury report for this week yet. They may or may not even come out until tomorrow at the earliest, but I would say that C.J. Stroud is probably going to be coming back. I don't want to give too much more speculation than that, but he's had a week and a half, two weeks to recover, and depending, of course, on the severity of the concussion, the Texans may or may not be inclined to hold him out a little bit longer, but... Certainly, with that being said, there is quite a bit on the line. And so, the Texans, staying with them in particular, would currently be the number eight seed. And again, keep in mind, there are only seven teams that actually make it to the playoffs. But there are also, let's see, one, two, three, four, five teams on the outside looking in that still mathematically have a shot to make it to the playoffs and to be one of those seven teams. Uh, The Texans would be number eight at eight and seven. Pittsburgh, the Steelers, would be right behind them at eight and seven. Cincinnati Bengals would be in the 10 spot, also at 8 and 7. The Las Vegas Raiders would be currently in the number 11 spot at 7 and 8. And the Denver Broncos, of course, Broncos country, let's ride, are also still mathematically alive at 7 and 8. So, that is basically the way that the AFC 
is shaking out. Although the one thing that I do want to point out about the AFC is what is the remarkable job that Kevin Stefanski has done with this Cleveland Browns team. That Yes, that's right. The Cleveland Browns are currently in the number five spot in the AFC with a 10 and 5 record and the def- the main reason why f- is because of their defense obviously you've got Miles Garrett sort of leading the pack if you will in that regard and Cleveland obviously has a very dangerous front seven outside of Miles Garrett very deadly sure that was cert- they certainly they certainly showed that that was the case when they played the Titans earlier in the season but another reason why Cleveland is in the spot that they are in right now is because of the resurgence of Joe Flacco yes that's right Joe Flacco who was recently picked up off the couch, basically, because of the Cleveland Browns sort of revolving door that they've had at quarterback. They go from cycling through Deshaun Watson to Dorian Thompson Robinson to Joshua Do- to even, well, I would say J- Joshua Dobbs, but that, I was about to say Joshua Dobbs, but they actually traded him. Uh, before the season began, I believe. So, just goes to show the mess of the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation. And when you look at the way Josh Dobbs has played in stretches over the year, you begin to wonder why the Browns even bothered trading him in the first place because he's been okay. But the Browns have just been cycling through the the. Deshaun Watson and Dorian Thompson Robinson and P.J. Walker. And now we have settled on, we being the Cleveland Browns, obviously, have settled on 38-year-old, I believe, Joe Flacco. Yes, obviously, I'm talking about that Joe Flacco who is really making me wonder if people will start to ask the questions that they were asking about 12 years, about 11, 12 years ago or so. Got Yes, Joe Flacco has, in fact, been in the NFL for that long. Is Joe Flacco elite? Is he not elite? He's, cer- he's certainly playing at an elite level and uh, and I should point this out not that not that it matters for me because I have since been eliminated from my fantasy football playoff run in one which never started by the way this year <laughs> as much as it pains me to say it and full disclosure the Fantasy gods were obviously on my side because I ended up winning this matchup. But Joe Flacco certainly made 
Amari Cooper look very elite because Amari Cooper put up, I mean, he ba- he channeled his inner Jerry Rice, basically, and had 11 catches for over 200 yards and two touchdowns, put, a, put up nearly 52 fantasy points, and... Not not that it matters, again, at this point, not that it matters for me from a fantasy perspective, but I sort of left Amari on the, on the bench, and in hindsight, that's something that I probably should not have done, but... Just to close this little sidebar before I move on to move back into the playoffs, the fantasy football gods were on my side, if you will. But, yes, the Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco, yes, that Joe Flacco are still alive in the postseason can still potentially win the AFC North, despite the fact that I believe Baltimore is beginning to separate themselves in the AFC. We have, oh, before I move on to the NFC, speaking of Baltimore, let me get back into that matchup, that all-important matchup in the AFC that I was talking about a few minutes ago. The big matchup in the AFC this week between the Miami Dolphins, who, remember, are sitting in the number two spot, are taking on the Baltimore Ravens for, obviously, the number one spot in the AFC. That will, but that will definitely clinch the number one spot in the play, or should I believe it will clinch the number one spot and home field advantage in the the AFC playoffs. And so this week's game between Baltimore and Miami, I would not be surprised at all if it ends up being flexed to primetime because that is a, without a doubt, very huge ball game. All right, so that's the way things currently stand in the AFC. As far as the NFC goes, there are also 12 teams that are technically still in the running for those seven playoff spots. Number one, starting at the top, the San Francisco 49ers, who, as I mentioned a little bit before, looked little bit vulnerable last night. Obviously, they were going up against Baltimore. And I believe the announcers even said that this was the latest point in the season that both that the top teams at either conference, in either conference, were playing each other. And so that's not that that matters as much as far as playoff seeding and conference interconference records and other things of that nature are concerned but i do think that that was just a little interesting tidbit 
to take account, take into account this late in the season. But San Francisco, they've certainly separated themselves as the best team in the conference all year. Up until last night, maybe, because they are dealing with a rash of injuries that were suffered in last night's game, especially on the offensive line, the all-important offensive line, especially Trent Williams. If he misses, if Trent Williams, who is arguably the best offensive lineman in football, at the left tackle spot, the all-important left tackle spot, if he were to miss any time at all, that would certainly not be good for San Francisco. But even with that being said, and it was crazy because not only not only is Trent Williams dealing with injuries, Trent Williams back up is dealing with injuries, and Trent Williams's backups backup is dealing with injuries after last night's game. Yes, that was that was not a misspeak. The San, San Francisco 49ers have three guys at the left tackle spot, quote-unquote, left tackle spot, because I'm sure they can play other spots on the line as well, although they may be forced into a situation depending on what their injury situation is, where they have to cover for Trent Williams, which is not good for San Francisco by any means. But even with all of that being said, the 49ers still find themselves technically with the number one spot, number one seed in the NFC at 11 and four. There are also two other teams behind, sitting behind them at 11 and four as well. And in the number two spot, the Detroit Lions, who I have to give a little bit of a sidebar to and tip to the cap, have to tip, excuse me, have to tip the cap to the Detroit Lions because Dan Cam- Dan Campbell has done a rem- nothing short of a remarkable job leading this football team. He has he and his team have now clinched the NFC North, which is their first division title in 30 years. 30 years. That goes back to when the NFC North was technically called the NFC Central in 1993. I was was not even born yet in 1993. That's how long it's been since the Lions have been in this position. But to their credit, the Lions, you know, Dan, going back to to Dan Campbell's introductory press conference after he took the head coaching job a few years ago. The Lions have certainly been bullied and battered down, and they've just found ways to 
pick themselves back up, biting every kneecap off that they can along the way. And certainly, that's paid dividends for them as they now sit in the number two spot in the NFC playoffs with a 11-4 record. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are currently flip-flopping the NFC East uh, division lead with the Dallas Cowboys, who I will get to a little bit more in detail in just a second. But the if the season were to end today, the Eagles would technically have the advantage in the NFC East. They've sort of Again, the the Eagles and Cowboys split both meetings during the regular season, so it all you know it all depends on tiebreakers and whatnot as far as the final division champion is concerned. But certainly, the last two weeks are going to be very pivotal in that NFC East race, and I guess. I could go ahead and touch on that very, very quickly. Uh, as of right now, I would give the nod in the NFC East to the Eagles, mainly because of it really all comes down to really the schedule that either team has in the last two games. As I mentioned, they've already played each other twice, so that's out of the question. It all comes down to tiebreakers, but the Eagles' last two games, they've got the Arizona Cardinals at home, who, very important tidbit, people would like to forget this in some cases, especially if you're a Cowboys fan, the Arizona Cardinals actually beat the Dallas Cowboys earlier in the season. People forget that. But the Eagles have got the Arizona Cardinals at home, who are currently 3-12 and on the season, and then they are at the New York Giants, who are out of the... I'm not even going to mention what the... What their record is actually full disclosure, their record is five and ten, but with them being miles behind the Eagles and the Cowboys in the East, it's really kind of pointless to point out what their record is. Tommy DeVito was a nice story though, by the way, but while it lasted, but the Eagles have got the Cardinals at home, and then they are at the Giants to wrap up the season. The Dallas Cowboys have a little bit of a trickier path to to the division title. This week, they've got the aforementioned kneecap-biting Detroit Lions at home. And while it is at home in Jerry World... The 
Detroit Lions are certainly no slouch, obviously. And them there at the Washington Commanders to close out the regular season. So, look, just to sort of sum up the reason reason why, as of right now, I'm giving the nod to Philadelphia. Look at the last two games for either team. The the Eagles versus Cardinals at Giants and the Cowboys versus Lions at Washington. Which which road seems a little bit and yes, I'm very much well aware that the Philadelphia Eagles have had their struggles this year. Which is why the NFC East has come down to the cluster, insert expletive here, that it is. But anyway, look at the last two weeks for either team. Eagles versus Cardinals at at Giants. Cowboys versus Lions at Commanders. Which, which road seems a little more navigable, if you will? Uh, by default, I would have to give that nod to the Philadelphia Eagles. And as, as I sit here right now today, I see them tush-pushing themselves ahead to the NFC East division Championship. Uh, And before I move on to the train wreck that is the NFC South, I suppose the one thing that I should also point out for the Dallas Cowboys is that we see the, the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys. We've seen this. Time and time again, and they've been they've been struggling. They have definitely been struggling. They've of course dropped last week's game to the Miami Dolphins in heartbreaking fashion on a last sort of last second field goal per se by Miami. I believe it was, I could be wrong, but I believe it was a 56-yard field goal from Jason Sanders, which helped guide Miami to the victory. But prior to that, the Cowboys had sort of been clicking on all cylinders. And, of course, earlier on in the season, they had their struggles. You know, they start off just killing the Jets and the Giants. And then the Cardinals game rolls around, and they, of course, lay an egg, as the Cowboys have often done over the course of the last several years, going back to 1996, quite frankly, in the grand scheme of things, which a lot of people me included, like to make fun of for obvious reasons. And 
rest of the season's been on a bit of a roller coaster for Jerry and company, but over the last few weeks prior to the Miami game, the Cowboys, I mean, we all remember what they did on Thanksgiving against the the uh, Washington Commanders. And, of course, it was a big day for Deron Bland, who had his whatever number it was, pick six. I believe it was his fifth pick six on the season, which is which may be may in fact be a NFL record, believe it or not, but you you thought at that point the Cowboys were peaking at the right time, which at this point in the year you definitely want to be doing. But then the Dolphins game happens. And then you look ahead to this week against the Detroit Lions, who are playing very good football themselves right now. Obviously, they are at 11-4 and four in the number two spot in the NFC. And you realize that that matchup is... Even though it's even though it's obviously in Dallas, there's obviously the uncertainty that comes with playing against any good football team, especially at this point in the season. And while the Cowboys nat- naturally, of course they have, have already clenched a playoff spot regardless of whether they end up winning the NFC East or not, we know for a fact that there are going to be two teams, two teams in the NFC East that make the playoffs, Philadelphia and Dallas. You've got to think that Jerry Jones and the stubbornness that comes with Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboy fan base is go- is going to want to be in a position to host a playoff a playoff game not that that has mattered to the Cowboys or for the Cowboys over the last several years just look just look at the 49ers game from a couple of years ago wink wink nudge nudge and also the 49ers game last year, although that was that game was played at San Francisco, it's really, really, really both games ended in heartbreaking fashion for the Dallas Cowboys, as they often do at this point in the season. And I've got to borrow a line from Stephen A. here, Stephen A. Smith. They are, they being the Dallas Cowboys, always find a way to be the, the accident that is always waiting to happen. They are the accident that is waiting to happen. And unfortunately for all of us, we are, us being fans of the NFL, broadly speaking, are... Faced with the situation of 
dealing with the roller coaster of the Dallas Cowboys. That's just that's just what the fact of the matter is. That is just what we all have to deal with. But ah, what a headache they are. But anyway, I digress. Uh, if the season were to end today, let me let me stay with the Cowboys for a second. If the season were to end today, they would of course be in the number five spot going on the road to play the team that they played in the first in the wild card round of the playoffs last season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are currently at the top of the trash pile known as the NFC South. And I'm really not going to comment too much more on the NFC South other than it than pointing out the basic fact that it is a trash pile. It is an absolute dumpster fire. And uh because let me let me run through the current division standings of the NFC South, okay? And just bear with me at the mediocrity of this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who who keep in mind won, won the division with a terrible record last year, even with Tom Brady. This year they are without Tom Brady, obviously. Uh, the Bucks currently sit atop the division at eight and seven. The Atlanta Falcons and New Orleans Saints are. And the Saints have really disappointed me this year in a lot of respects. But the Falcons and Saints are right behind Tampa at 7-8. and eight, And the Carolina Panthers are bringing up the rear at 2-13. and 13. So, just ranking the teams... By record in their division, eight, eight and seven, seven and eight, seven and eight, two and thirteen. Uh just a lot, whole lot of mediocrity going on in the NFC South, and the way the way things are looking right now. Obviously, I only expect there to be, as we sit here right now. I do only expect one team to come out of the NFC South. Certainly, it doesn't help the NFC South that two other teams are we know are definitely coming out of the NFC East. But technically, the Atlanta Falcons are still alive and the New Orleans Saints are still alive. Those two teams are currently at the number, let's see, the number nine seed and the number 11 seed in the NFC, respectively. Keep in mind, there are only seven seeds in the NFL playoffs in either conference. So the NFC, NFC South is a bit of a mess, but the fact of the matter is, is that no matter what the record of the division champion 
ends up being much like we saw with the Bucks last year, and it's looking like it is going to be the Bucks again this year. Uh, they will end up hosting a playoff game despite being forced to play a wild card team with a better record than them. And regardless of how you may feel about that sort of situation, that's just the way it is. We can we can argue whether or not there needs to be changes made to the playoffs, and certainly I'm sure there's plenty of good arguments to go go for both sides and certainly certainly playoff situations like this as far as playoff seeding and teams that get left get in or get left out is something that we've had to deal with in the NFL on the NFL level and in the college level wink wink nudge nudge but as it stands right now, the Bucks would be hosting the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round. And bringing up the rear behind them are the... Well, it's actually interesting. There would be three teams coming out of the NFC West if the season were to end today and i'm not i'm not really going to spend too much time speculating on how the 6th and 7th spot will play themselves out especially but if the season were to end today there would be three teams making it out of the NFC West the 49ers obviously would be at number 1 the Los Angeles Rams would be at number six, and the Seattle Seahawks would be at number seven. The Seattle Seahawks eking themselves back into the playoff race after the after allowing the Tennessee Titans to once again snatch defeat from the jaws of victory last week. Ha. <sighs> the last thing I'm going to say about the Titans today. But Seattle would be at number seven. And obviously, to be fair to the Seahawks, they've got a, they've put a very impressive win on their resume with the come-from-behind win against the Philadelphia Eagles on this past Monday night in Seattle. And so, or I should say two Mondays ago in Seattle. But the we will just have to wait and see how the sixth and seventh spot shake themselves out. Because after the Rams and Seahawks, the Falcons are still alive. And this is in no particular order, by the way. The Falcons are still alive. The Saints are still alive. So are the Vikings and and Packers and Bears. Oh my! Are all technically still alive? Yes, the Chicago Bears are still alive at six and nine. 
And I guess before I get out of here, the one thing that I can touch on very quickly is going, and this goes back to the dumpster fire that is the NFC South. As I mentioned before, the Panthers are sitting at 2-13 and 13 right now. And, of course, with the worst record in the NFL, you would think, comes with the benefit of having the number one draft pick in the upcoming draft. Uh, Yeah, that is not going to be the case this year because the... And I I think we can all assume that the Panthers are based on record, going to be the worst team in football because they're just absolute garbage or the Carolina Panthers. But they do not even get the added benefit of having the number one overall pick because they traded that pick to, wait for it, wait for it, the, the Chicago Bears, yes. That, that is right, the Chicago Bears will technic- will more than likely own the number one pick in the NFL draft. Gosh, uh, I, I, can't, I cannot help but la- as, as much, I'll say this, the one thing I'll say before I wrap it up today for today's show is that despite the train wreck and dumpster fire that the Tennessee Titans have been this season, we can all, as Titans fans, take comfort in the fact that there are teams who have it way, way worse than the Tennessee Titans do, namely Namely, the Carolina Panthers, because Carolina, uh, uh, sweet Carolina, bum, 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 bad times have never been so bad for the Carolina Panthers, and just, uh, uh, the Panthers, ah, what a mess. What a mess. But now that that is out of the way, I hope that through this long-winded episode of the show, as I've been going for about about 51 minutes or so at this point, despite it being as long-winded as it has been, I hope that I've I've done a good job of informing you all over what the current state of the NFL playoff picture is as we head into the last two weeks. And this is all subject to change, starting with this coming Thursday's game between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. Yes, that's right. The fifth-seeded Cleveland Browns, Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. And this could this is going to be a very important game for the Browns as far as 
their playoff seeding, if they even find a way to get into the playoffs, is concerned because the AFC is a bit of a logjam right now with five spots left available. But really, really all games at this point in the year are important in some ways as far as playoff seeding goes, are they not? But anyway, with all of that being said, I hope I've done pretty good job of keeping you all informed on what the current state of play is in the NFL. This is something that I'm going to try to do each week over the course of the last two weeks of regular season play. And obviously, I'm going to no doubt be keeping my eyes on the actual NFL playoffs as well about three weeks or so from now. And I guess I should point out before I get out of here, you'll want to stay tuned for later on this week when I shift gears from talking about the NFL playoffs to what the college football playoffs are and going to be giving my prediction on both Alabama, Michigan, and Texas, and Washington. Two, two, should be two very good football teams, excuse me, four very good football teams playing in two very competitive football games. And I think one is going to be a little more competitive than the other one. And you'll have to stay tuned for which game I'm talking about at a later day when I do that particular episode of the show. But for now, that is going to wrap it up for me. I want to thank you all for watching and listening to this edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I will see you guys next time.